welcome into the 610 podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hallahan, and the collapse is officially complete for the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles regular season. What they do in the playoffs is a mystery, but this much we know. The Eagles lose five out of their final six games. They, at one point in time throughout this slump that they've been in for a month now, that has been a ridiculous skid, has allowed them to lose out on the NFC East after a 10-1 start, and it appeared that they you know, controlled their own destiny and not only the division, but a possible top spot in the NFC and holding, of course, what could have been home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They crumble to 11-6 and and will be the fifth seed for the playoffs and will have a date with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on next uh, Monday night. So... That's that. Um, A brutal, brutal loss at the hands of the New York Giants today. 27-10. I don't even really know what to say offensively. I mean, evaluating it is just kind of a lost cause. You know, the the starters um, eventually got pulled in the second quarter because they played that poorly. Jalen Hurts and the offense just looked lifeless. Um, The only positive I could say was Kenneth Gainwell ran the ball fairly well, but that was about that. And, I mean, you add on so many more players into the injury report, it's ridiculous. A.J. Brown has joined several of his teammates on the Eagles injury report. Sidney Brown also got hurt, and um, it has been reported that it's a torn ACL to the rookie safety, which is a blow um, because, you know, when it comes to next week, you're going to need that experience, and unfortunately, the Eagles won't have that out of, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say a staple necessarily, but someone that is a, uh, a frequent um, you know, secondary uh, position on the field at times when you go to your dime package and bringing in an extra safety. Sidney Brown serves as that, you know, um, spot on the defense. But it's unfortunate because the Eagles really only wanted to start their – uh, regulars, and by regulars, you know, the young guys, your Sidney Browns, your Jalen Carters, and, you know, they wanted to get some momentum heading into Tampa Bay and so they can work out the kinks. But unfortunately, that's up. that ends up doing more bad than good, as you had A.J. Brown leave with an injury, Sidney Brown leave with an injury, Jalen Hurts seemed to have um, done damage to his middle finger, which hopefully he's going to be okay for next week's effort. Uh, it's just, it sucks. 
I mean, ultimately, it sucks. I think we saw that around the NFL today. It's not just the Eagles. Um, you saw Sam Laporta, the tight end for the Lions, in a similar effort by their head coach, Dan Campbell, to try and gain momentum heading into the postseason. Their uh, rookie standout tight end gets hurt, and that's a huge piece of their offense. So, you know, is this Week 18 worth it? I mean, it, it kind of leads me to be up in arms wondering, like, what was all this necessary just for an extra week? I'd rather have um, 16 weeks and have guys not be worn out. But, you know, that's kind of neither here nor there, and that's a conversation for another time. But I just wanted to put it out there just for some fuel for thought. However, back to the game itself. Like I said, offensively, there's not much good you can really say I mean I think you know I speak for everyone um when I say that that was pathetic from an offensive standpoint I'm not even going to waste breath on talking about it I, I will say this it was nice to see Marcus Mariota make some plays and it was nice to see at least Quez Watkins could maybe put some tape out there for him to get possibly another opportunity next season but you know, the Eagles' defense is where I had my real problems today. They sucked. I mean, the back end of the secondary was absolutely ridiculous. It, it wasn't even, you know, wasn't even funny. Like, I, and I heard it on the post-game show on 94 WIP where it sounded like, um, you know, there was some serious... Uh, some callers calling in, and, and they had some serious uh, issues that they were having from their, you know, well-being, to say the least. But I think it was Jack Fritz that mentioned, I felt like I was watching a Billy Davis defense. Billy Davis was the moron that was in charge of the Eagles' defense back when Chip Kelly was the head coach. And he has been a total or he was a total nightmare, and why the guy got a NFL a, a job as a defensive coordinator is beyond me because he was god-awful with um, the Cardinals as a defensive coordinator, and he served as a solid positions coach, I think, and that's where he mainly uh, should have stayed. And that's how I feel about Sean Desai because um, just a couple hours ago I looked up his credentials as to where he was before he was in Philly because I felt like I didn't really take a good hard look at this guy. But the Eagles' issues defensively, I think I can piece it out. Sean Desai is no more than just a positions coach. I mean, he had a solid... One year as part of that Chicago Bears defense in 2018 that, you know, looked really good and it looked like the Bears may have been back as a, you know, potential heavy hitter in the NFC North with their defense. He was the defensive quality coach that year. Um, and that was a position he held since 2013. So the Bears front office clearly liked him as that head coaching job switched hands and um, you know, as it continued to switch hands, he remained there. And then when the new regime has come in, 
He spent last year with the Seattle Seahawks as an associate head coach and defensive assistant. Now, the Seahawks' defense last year was really nothing to write home about. I mean, you know, they made some plays, but they were nothing crazy. And it literally, I think you could say the same about this Eagles' defense throughout the first, you know, um, 11 games this year until we got to San Francisco, where the wheels came off. And it felt like ever since that game, ever since that game, on both sides of the ball, neither team has been able to adjust. You know, and I think that the problem stemmed, and I sound like a broken record because I mentioned this on the last episode, the Eagles just never, Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff never got on the issues. They never really got on what was the problem. It's either A, they were just too proud of what they were believing in, in their quote-unquote core beliefs, or, you know, they went about solving it the wrong way, because at the same time, it seems like throughout this entire season, the Eagles have just been pressing and pressing and pressing. It seems like for this team, you know, from 20, the final eight games of that season where they won six out of their last eight and made the playoffs, and then the success they had last season, ever since they faced, you know, that adversity in the Super Bowl and the loss that came of it, it seems like the Eagles have just gone completely haywire. And I'll tell you what, and this literally just dawned on me as I was thinking about it, I think the players in 2021, your Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, maybe Darius Slay as well, you know, possibly Jalen Hurts, and I think, you know, he really had a solid voice in the locker room. I think they tried being the voice of reason between the players and the coach like they were in 2021 because I still firmly believe this, and I think this season is really backing it up. In 2021, when things were going haywire and the Eagles were, you know, two and five and three and six, and they were, it just seemed like they were fitting a square peg in a round hole where the offense was concerned. I really do think that the big boys up front sat down with Nick Sirianni as well as Jeff Stoutland, and they said, You're going to lean on us, you're going to lean on the run game, and we're going to start to play better. You're going to see results. And that happened. And then I think, you know, last year it was, for the most part, I don't want to say entirely, but for the most part, it was, you know, easy going. I think this year, the player said, all right, Nick, you got to be the man now. Like, you know, we can't be the voice of reason between you and the players to get your message across. It's got to be you, dude. And I don't think that's working. You know, his whole thing. When he first came in here, the whole dog mentality thing was so corny. I hate that that caught on in this city. It was so corny. You know, it was so dumb talking about that's the dog mentality that we need to have. The guy comes out and, I mean, I really do think his message at a certain point stuck. And I thought that the way he was managing thing, managing things with his assistant head coach, uh, head coaches rather, was working in the past two seasons. But right now, it just seems like 
there's a clear block between him, what he wants, his assistants, and the players. And it feels like they all want the same thing, but they're each going in different directions in terms of how to get that. It seems like the players press, Nick tries to seem calm, and then the message doesn't get sent to the assistants because, hell, Sean Desai and Brian Johnson, this is their first time as coordinators and, you know, offensive and defensive coordinators, aside from Desai for one season with the Bears in 2021, but, you know, that's one season and the Bears stunk. It's, it really feels like there's just a different message going around, and those guys, the assistant coaches, your coordinators, are panicking, and they have no idea what's going on. And Nick this season has just been totally, you know, caught in a complete mess mentally, and I think it's wearing on the players because I believe they see it. I think it's wearing on the media because everyone's kind of listening to his press conferences, and he's saying the same crap for the last six weeks, and it feels like he's just trying to hold on to this thing, you know, and it's just collapsing right in front of him. And he has no idea what in the world just happened. It's like a bus just came and just, boom, hit him, and he's like, no idea where to go. And I get back to his dog mentality and the corniness, in my opinion, of Nick Sirianni. Like, I just think, I, I say the corniness, I just think that sometimes... He's trying to be too philosophical when it's like, dude, take a step back. This is football. It's a child's game. Think about, you know, look at the team like you would any other. Would you really go in there and start spewing off lines? And this goes for Jalen Hurts too, talking about playing to the standard. That stupid phrase needs to be left in 2023. Yeah, it was a nice saying your first couple weeks. But hey, dude, every single time you come into a press conference and you keep saying, we need to, you know, play to the stand, it doesn't sound right anymore. I mean, his bravado just sounds, and I mean, today I think him and Nick Sirianni took better ownership, and I definitely think Jalen Hurts flat out was like, we sucked. Like, it, you know, the message I got was nothing went right, we sucked, and, you know, we know what's at stake now, but. We've just got to go out and execute it. But but that even, too, is the same crap they've been saying the last couple weeks. And it feels like right now they're just trying to figure out a way to keep, you know, the the wheels on and, and the train on the track. But, I mean, it's coming apart at the seams. And, you know, I mean, I've been watching the Eagles since I was in first grade back in 2007. Been a diehard fan. Haven't missed a game that, you know, hasn't had any, like, family dire matters, you know, I'm not that crazy about it, but, you know, I try to be in front of the TV, I'll put it this way, um, for every single game, and every single season, and I have the expectations of making the playoffs, and, you know, getting the ring, just like everyone else, more years than not. But I can never remember going into the playoffs thinking, like, we're going to lose in the first, in with the first game. I mean, like, that's never happened before, but it's happening now. I've seen us make it 
you know, in 08 and 09 and 2010 and, you know, all those years, 2013, 17, 18, 19, 21, last year, and now this year, 10 times. And this is the first time out of those 10 that it feels like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we just go out there and somehow we get lucky and hang around, maybe we'll win it. But other than that, I have no expectations. That's where I'm at with this team. Like, it's so pathetic. I mean, the only other time I remember not having momentum, I keep coming back to 2009, but even then, we only lost, the our only losing streak, I think in the month of December, was one against the Dallas Cowboys, the final game of the season where we lost the division to them, and then had that road playoff game in Arlington, Texas, which was just total a total nightmare. Um, and I remember the following year, 2010, the last game one of that regular season was the Miracle at the Meadowlands, number two, with um, Deshaun Jackson's crazy punt return. And the following week was played on a weird Tuesday, and they lost to the lonely Minnesota Vikings. And the following week was, you know, a, a game where they rest the starters, and they went in the playoffs, unfortunately, with no momentum. But you still felt like, okay, we've done enough. We've battled our way back. We've won the division. You know, let's see what we can do against Green Bay. And the year before, let's see what we can do against Dallas. You know, they can't beat us three times. And surely enough, we're going to come out fired up. But we were, of course, let down. But this year is different. I mean, this is this generation's 1994. As much as they mentioned the Philadelphia Phillies was this generation's 1964, this is the Eagles' 94. The fourth and final season under Rich Kotite. For those of you, again, that might not remember, let me just read you off the numbers here. The Eagles start off the season at 4-1. and one. They lose to Dallas. Then they reel off three straight, and they're 7-2. and two. In the beginning of November. And things are looking really, really good. As they should. Some big wins in there. Some blowout wins. They beat the crap out of the San Francisco 49ers. Who, oh, by the way, would go on to win the Super Bowl 40-8. to And then they proceed to lose 7 straight. To finish 7-9. and Miss the playoffs. And Rich Kotite gets canned at the end of the year. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Don't get me wrong because, you know, I think we're not at that point yet. I think other than some fans want to believe, but I still think Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman will give Sirianni the opportunity to fight out of this next year. But we're certainly at the point of feeling like Man, this sucks. This really sucks. Like, I mean, I re- I only remember really having this feeling about the Eagles, you know, where you're just lost in terms of what is the direction for this team and where does this coaching staff go from here? And very rarely has it happened in the past couple years, but it's happening right now because I'm really not believing in what Nick Sirianni's preaching this year. It's, it seems like a lost season. I don't think he's lost the locker room. 
But, I mean, he's been really brutal this season with his decisions, as has his assistant head, uh, assistant coaches, and it's just been a total nightmare. And I'm glad the regular season's over and we can hit the reset button and have eight days to try and figure it out. But do I see it happening? No. I'm hopeful because I'm trying to figure out some type of way to keep some sort of sanity. But right now I'm searching and I'm coming up empty because I just have no idea where you go from here. I mean, the players, you know, talking to the media seem dejected. Of course, that's when the media is in the locker room. I mean, there were, you know, on the post game live, if you're if you watch it, Barrett Brooks was calling out dudes left and right. I mean, you know, they seemed not as dejected as he wanted them to be heading back to the locker room, and he was uh, none too thrilled. Barrett Brooks, who's a longtime uh, NFL pro of 12 seasons, I mean, and I believe won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2005, he knows what it looks like. So does, so does Ron Jaworski, who was talking um, about the collapse as well, and he even said, like, listen, I mean, I'm embarrassed for them. Like, this is this is embarrassing to watch. This is not, you know, and, and it doesn't seem like they care as much. And it just, it's the way I feel as well. It, it's a total nightmare. It really is. And it's not the way that Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox should be bowing out as uh, great pros, three of which will go down as some of the best at their position in Eagles history. And it sucks to watch. Like, it really does. Because, you know, I really feel like Sirianni put so much on them. And am I? And that's where I'm like, dude, if you're really basing everything off of your vets, that leads me to believe that last year was a total fluke on your end as well. Because you're just going off of what Doug Peterson created and, you know, what... I hate saying it. But what Chip Kelly was able to do with some of these guys in terms of kind of developing them a little bit more and then Doug really taking them to the next level. It's a joke. I mean, it really is. You can't do that. And the more that I see this and the more that it continues to go on, it just leads me to believe, like, we were all duped. And especially by this Eagles secondary, which will be the last thing I'm going to mention about this game. And then I'm going to throw away, throw it away and hope to, you know, never think about it again. What the hell is up with the Eagles secondary? Can someone please explain to me why it is that we're leaving guys on the back end wide open? Wandale Robinson, who the hell are you getting wide open like that in the Eagles secondary? There is no communication on the back end. It looks so pathetic, it's not even funny. When Jack Fritz was talking about Billy Davis, that's what he was talking about. It looked like that crap. I was having flashbacks to Bradley Fletcher and Nate Allen giving up touchdown passes to the Cowboys. What are we looking at, guys? Like, it's ridiculous. The Eagles beat writers were, like, praising Reed Blankenship in the preseason, that this guy's the next best safety, he's going to be a star in the NFL, he's going to be a staple at that safety spot, he can't cover crap, there's a clearly a reason he went undrafted out of Middle Tennessee State, like what a joke, and then Kevin Byard 
We would have been better off keeping Terrell Edmonds. I mean, good Lord. You know, that's what I don't understand. Like, these trade deadline moves never seem to work out for the Eagles. Why it is that people think that Howie Roseman has some type of magic potion that he sprinkles in every trade deadline is total malarkey. The only thing he ever did was get Jay Ajayi. And correct me if I'm wrong, how... I mean, the only real game I remember Jay Ajayi having a big factor on in 2017 was that Broncos game when he had a long touchdown run. Other than that, and the long run he had against the Cowboys, which he didn't have enough speed to hit the end zone. Other than that, he did nothing. Golden Tate, bust. Robert Quinn last year, bust. I mean, what is it that this guy has done at the trade deadline that Eagles fans go, we got to trade everything. Howie Roseman, oh my God, mind-blowing trade. Whoa. I mean, Kevin Byard, I don't think has been that egregious, but he hasn't really added much. I don't think you missed that much with Terrell Edmonds not being there. I don't know. They got to fix it quick. You got eight days. And in my opinion... And we're going to talk about it more on Saturday, or Sunday rather, for the preview episode. But they're just going to press. And the assistant coaches and Nick Sirianni are, you know, like I said, it's three different, you know, like lines that each each, uh, each of these, you know, different personnel is going in. The front office one way, players another, assistant coaches another. And the head coach. And none of them are going up. It's all going sideways and downwards and diagonal and down. And it's just total, total mess. So that's what you have it. That's the story of the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles. NFL Films, quote me on it. A total mess in all caps. I'll narrate it. Total joke. But, you know, this is the... This is the reality of the situation, and there's been only one way to go for the last six weeks, and that's up, but they've managed the last six weeks to find another level of the floor, the floor, the floor. It's it's a mess. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in for the final episode of the regular season. I wish I was, start, I was uh, finishing off on a better note. Oh, and I forgot to point this out. The 64 Phillies was the team that lost the pennant on the final day of the season after they had a big um, lead with like you know 20 some games left to go on the on the uh, on the National League for the pennant. So that was that reference to this year's team, and I don't think I need to bring up what happened. So thanks everyone for tuning in, and as always, I'll talk to you next time. E-L-G-L-E-S-E-L-S!